artist and author of the book Dangerous Jesus, KB, says that secular music teaches young people to, quote, hate Jesus. So we're going to look at the top five songs on the Billboard Hot 100 right now and see if his assessment seems to be accurate. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at not only a comment that was made and assessing whether or not it was true, but the top five artists, actually the top five songs that are on the Billboard Hot 100 right now, and just take a look at their lyrics and the artists themselves and to see if that comment is accurate. But before we get into that, we would love for you guys, if you feel so led, to subscribe to Good Fight Ministries, this YouTube channel, as well as click the bell for notifications. And if you feel so led, leave a five-star review if you're listening to this via podcast. And if you are listening to this, you might hear my voice is a little out of whack today. I am under the weather, but we wanted to get this out because we do believe these are important topics of discussion. And I really believe this is an important topic when it comes to sanctification, being more and more like Jesus Christ. But let's get into the comments. The artist known as KB, and this is not an endorsement of him per se or his music or anything like that, but he did make an interesting comment that will springboard us into a better and I guess a really good conversation about the things that people might be meditating on. And this is what he had to say in terms of Christian music versus secular music. He said, quote, the alternative is what your children are going to listen to. They are listening to. And the alternative is teaching them to hate Jesus. That's a little hyperbolic, but there's truth to it. And I think this is a great place to start, a great place to say, hey, maybe that is a little hyperbolic. Not every single song that's out there is made to specifically make you hate Jesus. We recognize that. But although that's hyperbolic, what about if we just take the top five songs? Let's look at right now, starting at number five, we're going to look at the top five songs on the Billboard Hot 100 right now and see what the lyrics, the artist, what they may be into, and are these things teaching us a biblical worldview, or are we doing the very thing that the Bible warns us against, and that is meditating on those things which are not the Word of God, meditating on the things of the world, sitting at the seat of scoffers, or even just absorbing and meditating on those things that might simply just be against God's Word, just be against God's Word, and pushing us towards as we meditate on him. And guys, this is just a reality. And I think that 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived because many people are deceived. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And when people have their headphones on, especially young people have their headphones on all day and they're listening to these things, they're meditating on that, which is contrary to the word of God. It is going to shape their worldview. And for anyone to sit on the sidelines and think that it doesn't, I'm telling you right now, you're either being willfully ignorant or simply pushing aside God's word and not recognizing that we need to be meditating on God's word day and night and not the songs of fools. In fact, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 5 said, it is better to listen to the rebuke of the wise than to sit and listen to the songs of fools. And when you look at the writings of Solomon, when he uses that term fools, 
usually what that's depicting, it's always depicting, but specifically it's depicting those who do not know the one true God. You want to be the part of the wise, not the part of fools. Now, let's look at the top five. Number five on the Billboard Hot 100 this week. Uh, This one is actually in Spanish and not English, but did get it translated online for you guys. This is by Eslaban Armando and Peso Pluma, and the song is Ella Baila Sola. Now, with this song, some of the lyrics go like this. Mate, what do you think of that girl? The one dancing alone. I like her for myself. Beautiful. She knows she's hot. Everyone's watching her dance. I approach her and lay on the charm. We drink without reservations. Just temptation. I told her, I'm going to win over your family, and in a few days, you'll be mine. Later, the song goes, her body, I swear to G-O-D, was so perfect. Her waist like a model. Now, for some people, oh, it's just this, that. No, guys, this is just 100% a hookup song. This, uh, The music video is them at this big giant dance, and he's pointing out girls. And basically, it's men preying on women as they are objects. And this is just typical. This is honestly typical of most music today. It doesn't look at women or men as human beings made in God's image, but people to be conquered. And sadly enough, the... Um, Alcohol is going to help in the conquering of that person. And that's just typical. That is the worldview of the world, and it's what we should expect. And the Bible says that the Prince of Power works through the sons of disobedience. If you just want to look up the numbers of domestic violence, you want to look up the numbers in terms of fornication, adultery, uh, rape, and so forth— Uh, you're going to find that alcohol and drugs are related to those problems almost always. Uh, It's very interesting how the high percentage of people that are involved in these things, but we'll talk about those who talk about being sober and doing horrible things later in this top five list. Next song, number four, is going to be the song Princess Diana by Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj. Now, for those who don't know Ice Spice, Ice Spice has been, I guess, popped up in the scene recently. Most of her songs, including this one, are extremely explicit, very sexual in nature. I would not advise any second of their music videos to be played. And that's typically what this is all about. And of course, this song is no different alongside none other than Nicki Minaj. And if you remember, Nicki Minaj is someone who has literally said she is possessed by a demon, even name the demon Roman. In fact, we're going to play a clip right here of her performance at the Grammys where she gets exercised or an attempted exorcism. At the 2012 Grammys, Nicki Minaj had a mock exorcism performed on her and later claimed that she did it to prove that the demon that possesses her, which she claims is sexually perverted and calls Roman, is too powerful to be cast out. Now, that should obviously be of no surprise to people that Nicki Minaj, uh, I guess, with all her sexually explicit lyrics and the things that she sings about, that Satan is using her. And interesting enough, uh, we're going to be doing a documentary and plenty of people are going to be very, very surprised coming up how feminism has been pushed before there was songs like WAP. There were songs long ago by different artists Uh, female artists specifically, that were pushing different ideologies, even before Madonna and before that as well. It's very, very interesting how Satan has used so many of these artists to push 
um, you know, songs like Beyonce would sing, you know, that she wants to date like a man and so forth. But anyways, uh, men doing that are not men either. They're also losers. But nonetheless, um, we move on to number three right now in the Billboard Hot 100. And this is a very popular artist. And this song has been lambasted everywhere. Of course, Miley Cyrus with her song, Flowers. I can buy myself flowers. Write my name in sand. There is a lot to go into in terms of what's going on in this music video and so forth when it comes to Miley Cyrus, but a lot of people are pointing to the infidelity of her ex-husband, Liam Hensworth, and they point to the dress that she wears being the same as Jennifer Lawrence, speculating that there was some infidelity there and so forth, and even that the music video was shot in a house where he committed adultery against her. Uh, But if you remember Miley Cyrus as a whole, uh, her sexual exploits, her drug usage and so forth, making songs about Poppin' Molly, uh, which is a reference to ecstasy, or literally just lighting up blunts and and joints uh, as she's hosting award shows or at her concerts. This is something she's pushed for quite a while after obviously being a siren uh, when it comes to young children watching the Disney Channel and getting involved with Hannah Montana and the Hannah Montana movie and so forth. Obviously, a lot of young fans continued to be fans as she went and really pushed herself out as this sexually exploitive, drug exploitive, uh, I guess, siren for them to not only come alongside Hannah Montana, but as she went into her Miley Cyrus years, going from what looked like light into darkness. But ultimately, it was darkness all along. And I think most people probably see uh, that her parents pushed her into the limelight. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus of Don't Tell My Heart, My Achy Breaky Heart, or whatever his song was back in the day. And then his stardom uh, reignited through his own daughter and then alongside Little Nas X with Old Town Road. But nonetheless, let's move in. I guess country will be a good little segue here because the number two song on the Billboard Hot 100 right now is none other than Morgan Wallen's Last Night. I know that last night we let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything we said. And for those who don't know Morgan Wallen, he is one of the biggest country artists out there right now. And Morgan Wallen got his start from The Voice, actually. And Morgan Wallen is actually a pastor's kid. And he's talked about that in interviews. We actually have an upcoming documentary. We'll be working hard on it this week uh, on country music that we're going to be coming out with. And Morgan Wallen will be featured in that documentary as well. And we're going to go much, much deeper into that. But before we do, just know that he was a pastor's kid. He claims to have now circled back the wagons to more of being somewhat of his father's faith. But from his popular song right now, I don't think this could be lyrics from someone who loves Jesus. But nonetheless, the lyrics go, Last night we let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything we said, but we said it all. You told me that you wish I was somebody you never met, but baby, baby, something's telling me this ain't over yet. No way was our last night. I kiss your lips, make you grip the sheet with your fingertips. Last bottle of Jack, we split a fifth. Just talk about life going sip for sip. Now, obviously, most of you are going to point out that this is song about fights and drunkenness 
And that's exactly what it is. Not that we're not expecting that from the country music genre, but this just seems to be the way. And, oh, we just let the liquor talk. We're just getting drunk. And here, we'll just sleep with each other and that'll make it all better. And that's just, once again, this is the pushing of this same nonsensical, uh, this same unadulterated disgustingness of drunkenness. And as we talked about earlier, these drunk songs, these these drinking party songs, these champions of drinking wine, as the as the scriptures talk about, over and over again, you see this. And this is the model of behavior that we see in so much of the country music scene. Uh, Stagecoaches starting today. Uh, locally, it's one of the biggest country music festivals in the country, and it is starting today. And I don't even know how many drunkards there will be right now, as this is airing at 6 a.m. our time uh, on the West Coast this will be a time where people are already starting their drunken three-day binge as they listen to country music. And we'll have people out there doing some interviews and having some discussions with, I'm sure a ton of people will tell you how much they love Jesus and how much God is great and beer is good. And uh, we'll get some really good interviews from people who think they're Christians while walking in drunkenness. And that's why we are not to be deceived that no drunkard will inherit the kingdom of God. And so 1 Corinthians 6 is very clear on that. So let's get to the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. And as we've been going through this, when you hear a quote from KB that says something like secular music is teaching kids to hate Jesus, you have to ask yourself, is this true? And you may be saying, well, they're not coming against Jesus per se. They're coming against the worldview of Jesus. They're coming against the very conscience that bears witness against us. They're coming against the word of God. They're coming against his law that is written on our hearts. They're coming against everything that he did on the cross. Some of which I'm sure people listen to these songs. I'm sure people do that and then go to church. I remember uh, leading a run up to the cross with uh, a wrestling team here. And one of the coaches ran up alongside of me. And when we got to the top the coach of uh, the school I was an assistant coach at, with at the time said to me, oh man, I feel really guilty listening to Dr. Trey and Eminem before running up to the cross. And I'm like, yeah, I hope so. Uh, you should feel guilty. And there's a reason for that because you know what those lyrics are saying. And you know, you're meditating not only on the songs of fools, but you're meditating on the very things that God hates. The things that these songs push over and over again. Guys, it, it's not an accident. These things aren't simply, oh, it's all benign. It's no big deal. I'm just entertaining myself. No, you are meditating. If people talked like this in a conversation, who would continue a conversation like this? If somebody was talking to your children, who would continue and say, yes, keep talking to them? I listened to a review of the song with Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj, and the guy in the review was talking about how his eight-year-old daughter wanted this song because it's fun. I didn't even go into the lyrics of that song because it's not fun. And if anyone was sitting there talking to your child like this, I hope you would have anything in you. I hope you have a pulse to say, stop talking to my child, but yet they're meditating on this day and night. It's coming up with they're watching Instagram and TikTok and whatever on their phone. It's coming up over and over again on these shorts. And it's, guys, there's no way it's not having an effect. They would not put it in there. Satan would not do this if it wasn't having an effect. So the last song 
is the song by SZA. And that song is Kill Bill. I might kill my ex, not the best idea. His new girlfriend's legs. And the music video for this song, Kill Bill, as you might expect for those who know the film by Quentin Tarantino, Kill Bill, starts out with her with a, seems like a boyfriend inside of a trailer park. And next thing you know, the boyfriend is leading her to be shot, left for dead, but she doesn't die. And so then she leads a whole brigade of different, I guess, killing sprees and so forth to get back at her spouse or boyfriend or whatever it may be. And that's, it it ends and it culminates with her ripping out seemingly his heart, I believe, and licking it. Yes, it's about as grotesque as you can think. And here are some of the lyrics of the song. I'm still a fan, even though I was salty. Hate to see you with some other broad. Know you happy. Hate to see you happy if I'm not the one driving. I'm so mature. I'm so mature. I'm so mature. I got me a therapist to tell me there's other men. I don't want none. I just want you. If I can't have you, no one should. I might kill my ex. Not the best idea. His new girlfriend's next. How'd I get here? I might kill my ex. I still love him, though. Rather be in jail than alone. Don't you know I did it all for us? I'll kill your blank tonight. I just killed my ex. Not the best idea. Killed his girlfriend next. How'd I get here? I just killed my ex. I still love him, though. I do. I'd rather be in hell than alone. And guys, this is something that I know this is obviously to the most extreme. I fell so in love with this guy. If he left me, I'd have to go and kill him and his new girlfriend. Obviously, that's the extreme. But so many people and so many young people, and I say this, guys, as someone who, as a young man, I went to elementary school and junior high and high school with a neighbor of mine who was with his girlfriend for a number of years. And when they broke it off, and she went with someone else. Uh, that other person gave him uh, a phone call to brag about how he was now with his girlfriend. And uh, somebody I grew up with hung himself. And and so I know that's it. Obviously, we're dealing with extremes here. But this is a reality that's anecdotal things that have actually taken place that I've seen in my own life. And also so many people that go into this state of depression because all of their hopes and dreams are tied to someone else. And because they don't have Christ, because they don't understand that he should be their all in all, because they have not completely given their life over to him, when these things take place, when someone goes after someone else or someone you think should be yours is not yours, then guess what? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And for some people, that heart that is sick that is not bent towards Christ, that heart goes to a very dark and horrible place. And sometimes it's terrible for themselves or a lot of times terrible for themselves and the people around them or that next person that they decide to be with or object themselves to. And guys, this is heartbreaking. This is really sad to watch. And it hurts my heart that people get themselves bound together. And a lot of times it has to do with sexual sin as well. They bind themselves to them sexually. And now there is a connection there. I believe a spiritual connection that takes place with somebody sleeping with someone who is not their wife. And then that person goes and makes that connection with someone else or they themselves do. And then they're brokenhearted and they have all these hopes and dreams. And the problem is they are 
playing husband and wife, and then they really do feel that disconnection. And it is a heartbreaking thing. And the truth is, is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, that the marriage bed is undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. We need to recognize that. We need to, for the church, hold this in great esteem, that people need to see the marriage bed for what it is, to be greatly esteemed, that people need to see the mystery of Christ, one man, one woman, cleave together until death do them part, and we need to esteem marriage as a great thing. Uh, I think that as a church, we need to start esteeming marriage as a better thing so that people can look at it and not think it gets in the way of my career, it gets in the way of my goals and my ambitions, and we need to stop letting people think like the world and start letting people think biblically. There's nothing wrong with the gift of singleness. It is a blessing from the Lord if you have it, but that doesn't negate how beautiful the marriage bed is supposed to be, and that is really, really important. And we want to get people away from these ideologies and these teachings and meditating on things that are contrary to God's Word. And if you are sitting there listening to these things, I want to encourage you. From Hebrews chapter 12, I just mentioned Hebrews chapter 13, but in Hebrews chapter 12, that comes right on the Hall of Faith chapter of just radical people of God in the Old Testament, heroes of the faith that endured great hardships but yet they always kept the faith. No matter what would take place, no matter if they were sawed in half, they kept the faith and they looked forward to the day that their sins would be bought and paid for by the Messiah. And guess what? In chapter 12, it talks about these great cloud of witnesses that we have. And I believe it's making a reference also to the Grecian games. And it's using that cloud or crowd of witnesses there as a picture of them in the stands watching us right? Speaking to us. And it says, what we need to do is lay aside all the sin and the entanglement or the encumbrance, those things that weigh us down and run our race with endurance. Far too many people and brothers and sisters in Christ have the encumbrance of secular music that is weighing them down, that is holding them down from running their race race with endurance, from the sanctification that could be theirs, because the things they meditate on are not the Word of God, which Jesus said in John 17, 17, would sanctify us, would make us more like Him, and yet we're meditating on things like Bad Bunny, we're meditating on things like Nicki Minaj, we're meditating on things like Drake, we're meditating on things like Morgan Wallen and Luke Combs and songs about drunkenness, and yet we are weighed down. I don't say we as every single believer, but those who are. And let's lay aside the sin and let's lay aside any encumbrance that is hindering you from running your race with endurance. And I want to encourage you guys, and we're going to be playing a video here. Uh, We made this to showcase that we are doing something and we are so excited about. This is our second annual youth retreat. And last year we did it in Pennsylvania and it was a wonderful, wonderful time. I was so excited. We had a number of teachers here from the ministry at Good Fight and we went out and shared. And I'm so excited because we're doing this second annual. We brought it on the West Coast. Uh, We've already got people signed up. So guys, it is actually filling up really fast. So please, if you can sign up, uh, a student you may know from ages between 14, 19, all the details are going to be in there in this video, but please sign them up. We'll put a link in the description, get them signed up because we want to get people away from this stuff. We want to get people directed towards Jesus and we want to get people steadfast, especially young people, steadfast and immovable as they move into the next part of life. 
that they don't say, oh, you know what, that whole, I'm going to deconstruct from that faith, but they're going to stay strong, immovable, and steadfast in Christ. You guys, check this out. We'd love to have you guys be a part of this. Hey there, guys. This is Chad from Good Fight Ministries, and I am so excited to announce that after last year, when our first annual youth retreat just went amazing out in Pennsylvania, that we are so excited to bring back for the second annual youth retreat in Lake Tahoe, California. That's right. We're bringing it back to the West Coast for this year, and we are so excited to have you guys there for our steadfast and immovable youth retreat. We want to make sure that those young people that are at this conference are steadfast and immovable as they get older and move on to their next stage in life. With so many people deconstructing from their faith once they get off in college, we want to do our best to hopefully fortify their faith, bring them up, and do so in a way that brings glory to God. So come on down on July 17th to the 20th. Sign your kids up. We're so excited to be there in Lake Tahoe as we're going to be doing some worship, obviously some games, some scripture memorization, and a number of teachings from different leaders here from Good Fight Ministries. The cost of the camp is going to be $385 per person. And one of the cool things we did last year was we gave an opportunity for anyone that could to sponsor campers. And we had multiple campers who were not going to be able to go that simply because somebody said, hey, I may not have somebody this age, but I know that it will mean a lot for someone to go that they were sponsored and able to go. So if you can sponsor, that would be fantastic as well. We'll have a link to sign up for the camp or you can sign someone else up as well. We are so excited and we can't wait for the steadfast, immovable youth retreat in Tahoe, California. God bless you guys. So please, guys, if you guys feel led, sign them up or even donate to sign up a young person. This has been Chad Davidson. This is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.